Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to the Killer Woman podcast. I'm a proud member of the Authors on the Air global network with over 4 million listeners. I am your host, Danielle Gerard, and my guest today is Barbara Nicholas. Barbara is the Wall Street Journal and Amazon Charts bestselling author of the multi-award winning, winning Sydney Parnell crime novels. That's this series. It starts with Blood on the Charts. Um, and her newest novel, At First Light, which is the first book of this, um, with starring Evan Wilding, about a forensic semiotician. Semiotician, right. Semiotician. A man whose gift for interpreting the words and symbols left behind by killers has led him to consult on some of the world's grisliest cases. This wholly reali realized tale is reminiscent of Lisa Gardner, Gardner, Karen Slaughter, and Lisa Scottolini at their very best, says John Land, USA Today, best-selling author. Barbara lives in Colorado at the foot of the Rocky Mountains, where she loves to hike, cave, snowshoe, and drink single malt scotch. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you very much. And I want to point out, I don't do those things all at the same time. Yes. Not a that good idea. That could be dangerous, right? Especially in the Rocky Mountains. That's a long way to fall. Um, well, I'm so excited. So Barbara and I actually have a really neat history. We are, um, Barbara's first book and my first book with Thomas and Mercer, publisher, uh, came out the same day as Amazon First Reads, which I can't imagine that anybody doesn't know what an Amazon First Read is. But if you don't, it means that there's a month for the book to be free to Amazon Prime members. And you get so everybody gets to read the book sort of a month before publication. And it's super fun. And we both in that month hit number one on the Amazon store, which is also <laughs> super fun. Let me just tell you, super fun. And that for Barbara, that was this book, Blood on the Tracks. It's so funny. I'm like, it, you end up like when you're, filming yourself it's really hard to figure out which way you're supposed it, to go I noticed that. right yeah my left is not my left um so blood on the tracks is her first Sydney Parnell book and Sydney is a such a wonderful character we're going to talk about killer women we should start with you know talking about Sydney um and she um tells what Sydney tells about Sydney so Sydney is a former marine and she served in mortuary affairs which um they process the bodies of the dead. Uh, many years ago in previous wars, we used to, to um, leave the dead where they died, cemetery in France, but now we send them home and it's mortuary affairs or the first ones to go with the body. So she brought home a lot of ghosts when she yeah, came back yeah. and she didn't want to be around people. Mm -hmm. So she decided to be a railroad cop because miles of open space, yes. those iron rails and no right. people, but you know, murder happens everywhere. Especially when you get close to thriller writers. Kind of just hard. Yeah. So you did four of these books. Super fun. Sydney has a um, a very important man in her life. It's Clyde. He's uh, <laughs> right there. <laughs> and, and, and maybe other too. I'm not going to spoil anything. But um, her dog Clyde is so fun. So fun to read. Oh, thank you. And this is, wasn't this picture kind of based on your dog? Not my dog, dog of a friend. This is an actually the dog is um, 
Nate, who is since passed, unfortunately, so but he was sorry. a PTSD working dog, yes, among other things. And yes, that is me. Isn't that fabulous? They asked me to send pictures of the dog, and I ended up on the cover. So that's that's the back. Of that is, I'm sorry, but that is the first time I've heard that story. No author I know, I mean, I said for Barack Obama, but we're not that close, <laughs> has ended up on the cover of their own book. Isn't right? that crazy? So crazy. But it's totally, it absolutely 100% looks like you look at long and lean and trim that woman is. So, so that's the Sydney Parnell series, which is totally fabulous. But, and, and, and I'm a big fan of it. All those books, you should read them. They're super fun and like, you're not going to want to put the series down. In fact, you'll be asking for the fifth book like the rest of us. But, um, but then you started with At First Light is the first book in the Evan Wilding series. And actually you introduced Evan in the last book of this series. Yeah, that's right. He and was Gone to Darkness. Gone to Darkness. So tell us about Evan, because Evan is, well, aside from being a semiotician, there's a lot of interesting things about Evan. The crazy thing about Evan is I went to a writer's boot camp. It wasn't called a boot camp, but trust me, it really was. Yeah. I mean, they they had us writing so much that we weren't getting any sleep. Oh my god. It was just constant. It was crazy. And that was it a good experience? It was I mean, boot camp has a sort of yeah. It was tough. Yeah. It was really, really yeah. tough, but also made some great friendships. Yes. And Evan came out of that experience. There was some exercise we were given to um, create a character, and I don't remember the exercise. But what happened was Dr. Evan Wilding, and his name didn't change across twenty years. I just didn't know what to do with him. Oh, so he's from a long time ago. He is. He's just been sort of dwelling in my subconscious, and um, and then gone to darkness. I thought. I'm just gonna stick him in there. Right. And my editor fell in love with him. Yeah. And she asked for a series based on that character. Yes. So he's so been fun. He's he and it's such a different type of series. I mean, so so talk we might as well start with the first book in the series. This is the I, I read them back to back because I got my hands on an early release copy of this. And I had at first light sitting uh, on my TBR, you know, my toppling TBR pile. Oh yes. So I um so I got to read him back to back, which was really fun. Um, but tell us about the sort of the premise of uh, uh, At First Light, because that's the first book in the Evan Wilding. Don't you love when people don't, you're like, I'm working on before. I, I don't remember what exactly. I have a first Wait, book was, in the series. What was that what guy's was name? Happening? Right, right, right. If you <laughs> yeah. have trouble, I can help. But I, I know you, you, you I know you pressure can. for you than for me. <laughs> I know. I know. You can do it. But, but At First Light. Yeah. So first of all, it, my Sydney books take place in Denver. Yes. I'm from Colorado. I wanted to do something different. Yes. I wanted to do Chicago, which I had done a long weekend there with my brother. We did all the geeky nerd things, yeah. hit all the museums and stuff, so fun. And that's where I wanted the book to be. And my plan was to go actually for a couple of months, live with my husband's aunt, mm -hmm. and then the pandemic happened. Right, and nobody went anywhere, right? And nobody went anywhere. Mm -hmm. So please forgive me, all you Chicago people. Um, I did my best. You did really good Google research Maps though. I know amazing. you did, yeah, Google Maps I, is amazing. Is amazing, and fortunately there's a lot of great Chicago mystery writers who are willing yes. to help. Yes, so that was that was the backdrop to that, and then I knew I wanted this forensic semiotician character. Right. Um, so so explain as covered, what it, yeah. a semiotician. Um, it, it's a pretty broad term, but they look at how cultures present themselves through signs and through symbols, mm -hmm. and some things are universal, like the woman on the restroom. Yeah. Right. Good point. That's semiotics. Yeah. Um, but a forensic semiotician specializes in crime scenes and the writings of murder. So if you think of the Zodiac killer yes, and crazy. his coded message that yes. went to the newspaper that they only recently decoded. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Just happened a few months ago, I That's think. so exciting. Yeah, it is really interesting. So I love 
codes and ciphers I know, and I puzzles, know. and it's so fun. It's so fun. Um, and I, you know, and I, I just say like it, everything about Evan is like he's kind of a, a reluctant hero, right? Mm -hmm, he does very much love the idea that crime scenes like have become part of his life. Although he, there's a wonderful detective character in the story too. Um, have to have your strong woman. Yeah, you strong woman, Addie. 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 Mm -hmm. I was like, am I going to get that wrong? Addie Bissett. Yeah, and Addie Bissett's wonderful. And their their dynamic is wonderful. Um, but I think he steals the show. He's really, uh, and he's also, he has dwarfism. He does not want to be called a dwarf. Um, he, that, you know, he's kind of gotten over that. Yeah. And okay, by yes, the second yes. book. Okay, and, I, and that's been a learning curve for the author. Yeah. Uh, is how to handle that. Yeah. And, and to do things respectfully, yes. I am, I have my own visual disability, but that's a completely different thing. Yeah. And it's pardon the expression. It's invisible to other people. Absolutely. Whereas a person with dwarfism or a person in a wheelchair or some other um, disabilities that people have. It's like the first thing people see. It is. Yeah. And, and Evan talks about that. Like this is the first thing he sees and, and he's self-deprecating. So there's a, like you do, I think, because that's how people, combat sort of the looks of what everybody looks the first look they get is like it looks like pity and it's like what a sh shitty excuse my french no, way to like be perfectly the, so. be treated like yeah. you know so i think the way that evan handles it is the way i think a lot of people with disabilities handle it it's a sort of it's a sort of you know um make he makes a, some jokes at his own expense um but it is it's so important because it's I think we need to know as, you know, full size people or regular size, whatever, what are we considered? Size normative, size yeah, normal, yeah. anyway. Average. Yes, nor average, average and not so normal. That see, that's another thing. That is stuff that we're navigating. And I, the good thing is when it's coming from the right place. Yeah. You know, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to get educated. Absolutely. And this is such a pivot point in our culture right yes. now where we're becoming aware of the lives of other people and right, how different they are right. and how wonderful the, the wonderful depth and diversity that they bring in the world yeah um, and how to treat them with respect and ask them how they want you know how do they you know how do they want to be referred to because yes. actually the interesting thing about it of course is just so true of, of disabilities in, in general is that we would i have not had an interview yet where i've talked about whether or not the character is full you know is like a average sized human, mm -hmm. right? Because All, it's the assumption. Right. The assumptions yeah. we're talking about somebody who's probably between five and six feet tall, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and Evan is like four or five. Four or five, right. Um, which is actually not that much shorter than me, but um, uh, it's <laughs> But enough. you're a towering presence. It's, uh, that's right. <laughs> I make up for it with my big mouth. <laughs> but um, but it is, I, I, I love the way you do it. And did you talk to somebody who has dwarfism? So I reached out to Little People of America. I did not hear back from them. Okay, um, dwarfism is actually a very rare is it? condition. Okay. Um, my publisher did hire a sensitivity reader. Good. I read a lot of um, memoirs yes. by people with dwarfism. Yes. I dialed into the disability community. Yes. It's been lovely. It's yes. been so eye-opening. Yes. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, and actually I think that's, I mean, that's really all we can, I think that's all the, and the, I'm surprised you didn't hear back from that group because it seems to me that, that, you know, the, the, if you're coming to it as I, this is my protagonist, this is my good, you know, this is my, I'm not going to do like the thing where we throw in the one 
person with, you know, right. disabilities, the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, golly. That, right? Which is, I mean, think about all the Disney bad guys who are like, you know, well, have an accent. the of the opera. Exactly. Right? They're disfigured in some way. And that's how we signal that this person is not a good person. Yeah, which is, yeah, right. so wrong. So wrong. So, um, so I think that's amazing. I'm glad, I'm so glad you did it because you learned about enough about dwarfism to be able to talk about it in a way that is, you know, that is as in the point of view of somebody who suffers from dwarfism. Evan has a very, a full size, like a tall brother, right? A full size brother. Does. He does. And that's a fun dynamic. We have yet to meet his River. brother. River. River. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting because River's the baby brother. Right. And he was the, in his parents' eyes, he was the physically perfect child. Right. And the interesting thing in their, in their childhood was when suddenly big brother wasn't as tall as, as baby brother. Right. Um, but River never stopped adoring right his older brother which is what we and because the his mother was not a good person. not a great person so the fact that there's that brotherly love is really is important and and Evan is really he's also so sent like he's a very sensitive human you yeah, know what I mean thank you I love that about him I, mean, I feel like he's so he, he has a hard job um but he's you know he's very dedicated he's got incredible people around him. the other thing is your secondary characters um you know the woman that works in his uh, Diana. Yeah, yeah, Diana. She's his postdoc. And then Addie's the, the male detective that is with Addie. Patrick. Yeah, yeah, it's your world is always really full of like great nuanced humans. Well, thank you so much. You know, we all hear those voices in our head. Yeah. And with secondary characters, it really gives you a chance to be a little eccentric, yes. to make them a little bit over the top. Yes. And, and it's a blast. It's a blast. And the way, you know, the sort of banter between um, characters is Diana and and Evan and, and Addie and Patrick. And then of course, Addie and Evan is super fun as well. Um, and um, so tell us like, so he was born, this is a, just an exercise. And he was, the, was he a semiotician when he was in your born in your mind? I knew that he had something to do with words and codes and deciphering. Mm -hmm. I just, I had not heard the term. I was going to say, yeah, and exactly. I think, I think that's, it's not new. Um, technically, it goes back to before Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, wow. And he played with semiotics. Um, the concept of forensics in the is pretty new. Okay. Um, so no, I just knew it was going to be word related. Yeah, it's word related. And it's also interesting, like, so, you know, the books, this, the Sydney Parnell series is very, you know, obviously, these are smart people, Sydney's, was, but that was a much more sort of physical, you know, her job. Green, mm -hmm. yes. Like, and, you know, and Evan is such a cerebral character. And yet, there's so, so, there's so many fun action moments in these books. It's not like, it's not all, it, may, it seems like it could be a moment of like really sitting around and, you know, trying to understand things, but that is not at all how it goes, which makes it so fun. And everything about Evan's world from going to the crime scenes um, to, you know, his experiences in these, in the, his office just seems amazing. Do you, do you have a place that is Evan's office at the school where it's like a huge library room? That's how I picture it, like an old- it, Yeah, that's exactly right. An and old it's library. Just, it's completely fictionalized. Yeah. But I mean, my home office where I write is like a very miniature version yes. of that. All the- But yeah, the floor to ceiling bookcases, the, the wooden stair um, ladder that oh. rolls around. You know, we all writers, right? You want that, it's so true. <laughs> I wish my ceilings were a little higher. My my ladder would be like one, two, the Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, mine's a footstool. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Well, that is, he is so fun. And then how about Addie? Did you develop her to sort of come with, you know, to be part of- um, 
How did that happen? That's a great question, Danelle, because I, um, Danielle, yeah, no. let's fix that. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> we're half asleep. Um, we, it's noon. It's 1 30. We're, yeah, we're is, still, we should say, last night. We, I was gonna say, we should say, this is the Saturday of VoucherCon. We've been here for three nights or whatever already. We've definitely spent some of those evenings at the bar. This sort of feels like the push to the summit. Exactly. So the fact that you got my name like half right seems like a major <laughs> win right now. <laughs> I think. Oh, you... Now I don't even remember the question. I don't either. Oh no, where did Addie come from? Oh, How was okay. Addie? Okay. How did Addie come from? Um, that, no, and that is a great question, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. Um, <laughs> oh, that's Bobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Um, I was really concerned that she be very different from Sydney. And the Sydney books were my first books. Yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, can I even, can I do another series? I can I do other I characters? Know. It's of scary. It is. Uh, so I, I made her personality quite different from Sydney's in a lot of ways. Yes. But there are certain things that detectives yeah. in common exactly and what i love in a in a fictional detective and in a real detective is that compassion yes so they can they have a very dark sense of humor right it's how they get through the day of course, gallows humor. absolutely exactly. absolutely how they get through it but underneath that yeah. the best ones really they're doing it to serve and protect oh my god i know and i, I was actually speaking to a, a police officer who's at the conference his wife is an author about that i think what a hard time to be a police officer. Very. It, it's, it, our society has not figured out what we want our police to, to do. do. And so we're putting things on them that they are not trained no. to handle. And mm -hmm. so they're dealing with moral injury, which is what happens when you see uh, something bad you don't necessarily experience, but you see the results of it. Yeah. Chronic fatigue. Right. Because every day they don't know what they're going into. Right. And, and they don't know how the community is going to perceive them. And then from the community side, they don't know what the cops are going to bring right. into the situation. Right. Super tough. Super, super tough. Um, and so I think when we when we write about police officers, I think, you know, and you do this really well, you just give them, they would be people that you'd want to get to know, police or no. And I, you know, my, 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 our daughters or our children's generation, they, you know, they're, they're hard on the police. And for good, mm -hmm. like they're hard on the police. Obviously, you know, things like George Floyd and there's real good reasons to be hard on yes. some police officers. Yes. And some systems are not supporting the police as they should be. But I said to, you know, my daughter will say something like, you know, what I want to just something stupid about cops. And I'm like, you be careful. Those people, like that is the hardest job. You know, those people put, and the, you look at it at some point in your life, like it or not, you know, we're going to need a police officer or something, right? Right. And, and I, yeah, it, it, that's so important, Danielle, about our younger generation. And they're the ones that are coming of age during this time and what their perceptions are. And they're, it's so good that these bad, tragic events are coming to light. Yes. Yes. But it's creating so much turmoil in our institutions. Right. And of course, we don't publicize nearly as effectively because people don't want to read it as the one, the sort of heroes of the department, right? Like we'll get the sort of, or the moments that go really right, you know, because even the even some of these they're so tragic, and it's you know, but it's like, it, these are human make human human beings making human mistakes, and right. it's like a, you know, it's like putting a neurosurgeon. It's not like that, but you know, what I mean? it's just like there are moments that just things go really wrong, and there's bad decision making, and there's also just 
bad luck. Absolutely. And across, you take any segment of society, yeah. you're going to get good people yeah. with the right motives. Yeah. You're going to get bad people. You're going to get good people who start with the right motives yeah. and become jaded and weary yeah. of, of dealing with And this. those, and you know, and I think now one this, this officer was saying last night is that um, people don't want to join the police force. So now we're going to have like an issue mm -hmm. with that, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, this is why I think I always appreciate having a police element in the in a book, you know. Uh, and I like domestic suspense, of course, but I think there's something really wonderful about reading about the the what they go through every day and appreciating it. Yeah, and I think it's our opportunity as authors mm -hmm. to show where it can go sideways, yeah. to show what happens, what it looks like when it's right. Yeah and give our readers the opportunity to see how it should be right and carry that into their own communities yes yeah exactly that's so true and you know i mean so evan you had a you took did evan come out a a little bit later like a little was there a little longer break between sydney and evan I'm trying to remember yeah there was i did not make my deadline on at first light yeah yeah um writing the pandemic and then yeah so i um I lost my son in 2020 um, to epilepsy, and I'm going to get on my soapbox for just Please. a second. Is that okay? Please. So he passed away from something called SUDAP, which is sudden unexplained death in epilepsy. Um, he had nocturnal seizures. He was on medicine. The medicine did not always control those seizures, and and so my soapbox is for people with epilepsy. Just be aware that that's a thing. Be aware that people are working very hard to understand what's happening and to come up with solutions. Yeah. The biggest thing is to try to control your seizures. Yeah. With I mean, but medication doesn't work, right? That's really tricky. It is really tricky. Yeah. yeah. His next step would have been to add a different medication. And mm -hmm. so he and his neurologist had agreed if he had another seizure, he'd add another medicine. Um, and it's epilepsy is also one of those things that sometimes is considered a disability. Yeah. And, and, Kyle's neurologist again was like, "No, he's not an epileptic. He's a person with epilepsy. Oh, that's so he's interesting. He's not defined by right. his disease. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, and well, I mean, and so like that. What's it? You know, what was it like to then like go through this? Like, it's the work. That is that is the that is the nightmare of every parent on earth. Right. And um, and you knew he had epilepsy. I have shivers because we've mm. you know talked about it and um, and." there's no words to talk about how hard that had to have been for you. So, and on top of that, like being in your head all the time with your book, was it, was it like a relief to have another world that you could sort of dive into when you, or was it impossible to, I mean, initially it was impossible. Yes. Of um, course. And it was, it was so strange because it was right at the onset of the pandemic. And right. so everybody was retreating. Right. Everybody was starting to deal with this. People were losing loved ones. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. And, yeah, I just put it aside for a while. My publisher was great. Yeah, yes. we understand. Um, but Kyle had an incredible work ethic. Mm -hmm. um, he he was a structural engineer. He was building bridges. Mm -hmm. He put himself through grad school. Mm -hmm. He'd just gotten this amazing job. His first bridge went up in Oklahoma. Oh. And um, his work ethic really pushed you. Yeah, I could almost hear him saying, Mom. You need, you need to get back. I horse. love that. I yeah. love that. And you keep him by your, when you're working. I keep a picture of him. Yeah. 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 I think he would, human. he would absolutely love these books. I, I just have to imagine. He did. He did. He was, he was always an early reader for me. Um, he, he'd give me a lot of crap if he didn't think I was doing it right. Or if That's mom, you know, you're, 
this is not how people that age yeah. talk. And oh, I know, right? It's useful to have <laughs> young people. Very, yeah. yeah. Well, that is, you know, I thank you for sharing that because I think the truth of the matter is, you know, no matter what your job is, if something like that happens, it, it, you know, it's like you said, your life is going along like this, and all of a sudden, it's like you're, you know, yeah, ninety degrees off in a direction you never thought it would go. Right. And it's and it's tough in our society. We don't really know how to deal with that. We don't. We don't deal with our dad, mm -hmm. um, which was again the topic with the Sydney books. Um, and really, for those of you who are struggling with somebody who's had a loss, and especially yeah, you know, post pandemic, it's all it is is I'm so sorry yeah. and a hug. That's just acknowledge it. It's the elephant in the room. Yes, that's real, and it is hard because we, you know, I think we do wonder like. Is it, is it, you know, do they want to not talk about it because then they're thinking right. about you it? I don't know. Did but, am I bringing it up for them and right. making them sad again? Right. Yeah. But for a mother, you're you're, you're never not thinking. You're never not it. thinking about it. I think yeah. that's right. So that's really that's helpful. I think that's we can all learn to be better at. You We're know. all trying. I know, and in general, I think we could probably we are all trying to just learn how to be better. So I agree. It's so exciting. We're okay, making progress. But and and I'm in love with Evan. So I, I told Barbara I'd, I'd like to meet Evan. If you could just bring him by, I would like to have <laughs> drinks with him. He's so fabulous. So we, there's another Evan book coming. Yes. There's a third Evan book. Do you have anything? Do you have a title or anything? Yeah, the title is Play of Shadows. I love the book uh, title. Gonna get cover concepts next week. I'm super excited. Uh, can you tell us about the book? I can do my best. I don't I don't have an elevator pitch for it, but to me, writing is, I love writing, but it's also kind of an excuse to do research. Yes, I know. And you, what you do, I'm going to interrupt you now, because what you do so well, and I love it, is first of all, there's no question that she's read like 5,000 books to, to write this book. And yet you, I get these things and I feel like I should go at it with a highlighter because there's all these things that I am learning. But you, you do it in a way that's like, I was like, oh, that thing. And then I, I'm like, but I, there's more things happening. I got to go. And then I think, oh, that I learned something. Like it's all woven oh, in fun. so beautifully that I'm not like, you know, you've read the books where you're like, well, how long are we going to talk about that? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're brushing ahead. But, but yeah, but I mean, you do the same. Your books are heavily researched. Oh, that and yes, they are. And I Thank absolutely you. love because I love learning something. Me too. And it's Me like too. sugar, you know, spoonful of sugar right? yes. it makes the medicine go yes. down um and so i do too yeah as long as i'm not i'm not being reminded that i'm learning something yes right like while i'm reading I'm, i yeah, want to be no. like oh that's so interesting and then i'm reading and reading like oh i learned yeah that's what like that's how yeah, we learned yeah, it like, and that's how evidence okay so sorry so evan's third book you're you don't have an elevator pitch but you're going to tell us a little bit about i'm going to try shadow um, play play of shadows play of shadows so it takes the cretan myth of king minos and the minotaur and you guys have heard about the labyrinth and the half bull, half man at the center of the labyrinth. Okay. And in in the original Greek myth, um, there's there's a very sordid story. I mean, cannibalism, bestiality, every you know that's all in there. It's not in the sanitized version. I was going to say, it's in yeah, your kids' myth book, right? right? Um, and I don't go and <laughs> I don't have any bestiality, I promise. <laughs> well, that's good. To know. Yeah, okay, right. We'll, we'll, then, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Thank you. But the whole concept of the labyrinth or the maze mm -hmm. is so interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I wanted to look at. And that's sort of Evan's job is to enter into that labyrinth mm -hmm. with the killer in a in a metaphorical mm -hmm. way and try to figure out what is he thinking why right. is he doing what he's doing what is this all about and right. so to take that mythos 
and pull that in has just been so that was I, what was something I'm that was another thing that I actually sort of um written down is that you include like so there was all this in this in these two books that I've read now is like we had Viking era you know air runes we had um ancient art like ancient art I mean you biblical artifacts yeah I mean so this is like this stuff is so arcane it's it so is. it's so fabulous that we are and you but you're rooting these things in actual like you said in actual you know myth stories the bible like that was so so cool to be like well that's an actual like it's so much part of our culture yes. it's woven right into it even right. to a degree that we don't realize right every like we refer to it all i mean even people who never been to church they know of course they know all, all sorts of biblical right. reference you know right. sodom and gomorrah and you know and we love the vikings yes right uh, and right. the whole viking age people and for me i have to admit i am a total nerd you geek. so are it's i awesome. am <laughs> and i own it I celebrate it absolutely <laughs> and that was i was a medievalist in um college oh and so explains so much was, yes it does doesn't it yes <laughs> yeah i was part of the society of creative anachronism where we put on costumes and goats that's so awesome it was fun but it was also um my one of my favorite professors in college he was um old english was his mm -hmm. thing uh, middle english with chaucer and so again in my process of grief i went back to the things that i loved yeah, yeah. so beowulf yes and all those old poems yeah so it was it's all in there that's so right beowulf, that was and i you know i read beowulf I don't, I don't even think i ever read it until my daughter read it in high school and i read it with her because you know she's like mom this thing. It, i'm like it, i can't hear it's very beowulf. confusing it is yeah you, well she thankfully had the book that had like it was like one one you know interpretation oh. And the second sort of explaining right. where we are in the story, right. which was helpful. Yeah, actually. And and now there's been some new books that have come out. So the the basic premise of Beowulf is he's this um, epic warrior and he's gone to um, a kingdom to help them defeat Grendel, the monster who's slipping into the mead hall every night and and killing someone. Interesting thing is Grendel's mother. And she's she's a villain in the first book. I think there was a movie yes. with um, Angelina Jolie. Yes, there totally um, was. I, but now some books are coming out from her perspective. Oh, so she probably wasn't. A, a, and you know, she was a mother. Right. That was her son. Of course. And there was a reason for what he was doing. So that's the fun thing again about crime novels. Yes, right? you get to just looking at why people are doing what they're right. doing and everybody's the hero of their own story right that is so true yeah i love that and i do yes of course in beowulf and so so this these are books i feel like you could you know if i if i would when i when i can read them again it's like the layers just keep kind of coming, out. coming out and yeah. it's so fun too that the books are you know that they're you know you really do build on each other you could read either of these as a standalone 100 percent. but it's fun to get to know him at first you know that's why we love series yes right because right. it just he, and i am really really excited for you know plays of shadow play of shadows, shadows. there's actually my brain. a play within so i'm like why am i having so much trouble with that plays <laughs> i don't know that's not a good sign Maybe play, I should think uh, no. about my title <laughs> it'll be fabulous it'll show up on a book like you know on the cover and then it'll be it'll be fabulous but no i think it's probably my brain barbara yeah we, we've got voucher con brain totally which is really brain. scary it is it's totally worse scary. than mad cow oh my god i hope it doesn't i hope it doesn't kill us <laughs> Um, oh, no, it'll make us stronger. It'll make us stronger. Okay, so this is on sale November fifteenth, and I think our the this will air. This podcast will air on November fifteenth. Oh, wonderful! Yes, happy Pub Day. So tell um, readers, you know, where can they find you on, you know, social media? What's your website? Um, 
So they can go and research all your books. Sure, that would be lovely. So I'm at www.barbaranicholas.com. Yes, um, and Nicholas is N-I-C-K-L-E-S-S, not like St. Nicholas. Correct. Nick Or like the golfer, yes. Oh, right. Without right. a Nick. Without a Nick. Class. Yeah, without a Nick. Yeah, they had a different name for my husband in college, but we're not going to go there. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know, and we know social, boy brains. We know what yes, Yeah, we know exactly. Um, and social... Barbara Nicholas author on Facebook. Yeah, I think everywhere else. I'm working on my social media presence. I know. I'm social, not really good at that. I get it. But the the thing about it is that you can find um, all of Barbara's books um, in the bookstores and in at, on Amazon, obviously online. But um, so start with well, start wherever. But it's so fun, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the next book. Oh, Danielle, this was so fun. Thank you. So fun. So here we are. You can tell I'm like, oh, Danielle, you are not your peppy self. I just realized I'm like, am I crashing like right this minute? Like, but I might need be. to sit up. I know, right? <laughs> Sliding down. So anyway, th today, this has been Killer Women Podcast. And my guest today, Barbara Nicholas, who is my, the co-owner of that, what month are we? August 2016? I think we were September, October. Were we? We're not, we're not losing our minds, honestly. We have no idea, but we <laughs> have this. Time in the past. It was 2016. Okay. We agree on that. There was, a, there was a, we had a book, we've had book launches together and that is super, super fun. It's yeah, really fun really to be fun. together. I'm really glad to see you. So yes, you too. until next time, this has been Killer Women. Thank you for joining us. Bye.